Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochel Prano. Hello, Andy. Morning. Good morning, sir. And as the kids say in the YouTube comment section, it's lit, fam. Are they are they still saying that these days? There's already three. It's lit. Wow. You know, it's good to see that some things uh, stay. I say turnt all the time for the record. Are you still saying let's ride? Oh, non nonstop. It's it's more again, it's more with the dog. It's always let's ride or let's walk. You haven't adjusted to Russell Wilson's new let's let's I don't think he can form ride as a word anymore now that he has serious uh, now that he has a brain injury similar to your own. Broncos country, let's die. Broncos country, let's. Uh, uh. So, I did something yesterday that I haven't really done before concerning Russell Wilson, and it gave me a lot of enjoyment. I was reading how people handle his tweets, dude. It is such a bloodbath of trolling. It had me laughing so hard. Like yesterday, he tweeted in caps, "Jesus." You get all my praise. Dude, the responses and the quote tweets are so funny. I recommend anybody to do this. If you follow Russell Wilson or follow him on Twitter, simply for the trolling, dude, the responses are just hysterical. Because him bringing Jesus into it makes people just have the funniest responses about Jesus or about him, about his team. Like, there's such a variety of ways to just troll him and people are doing it. So I don't know who's running Russ's social because it's obviously not him because I don't think most people run theirs, but they must love the engagement. It's some yeah, good stuff. I mean, I guess there's no such thing as bad press, but if it's all people trolling him, I mean, that's a classic, that's a classic Joe Prano bit from, Joe Prano takes the stand if anybody ever bought that on video or listened to it, but the, the, the athlete praising Jesus and never do it when something bad happens, right? Like Russ didn't come into the uh, press conference after the game is like, just want to thank Jesus for this major concussion and my inability to see right now, my inability to read words, my inability to carry myself off the field. You know, sometimes when you're walking on the beach, there's two steps of footprints. And then I realized there was three steps. And that's when I realized that was my teammates carrying me off the field after Jesus gave me a concussion. I'm telling you, you click on just the quote tweets, the, the memes and gifts alone will have everybody laughing. The funny part is he actually was playing his best game, arguably, right? Because here. Yeah. And then Jesus, and then somebody was like, Jesus, I know there's a lot of people starving in Africa, but Russell Wilson gave all praise to you today. And he was like, give him a concussion. 
Well, that was another game I thought I had in the bag for my own pick six league. Nope, not with Kansas City's defense. I like like they're one of those teams where you don't want to overreact, but I also think at this point. They're def. They're not. It's plain and simple. They, as far as a complete team, they're not as complete as the Bills and Bengals. I don't think. It doesn't mean that they won't go to the Super Bowl or win it. I'm just saying, as far as all around team, they're just not. Those other teams' yeah. defenses are so much better. Yeah, but that that's the thing about the the Chiefs. Uh, I mean, and obviously in the AFC Championship game, which I what have they made five straight, four straight, um, and then the Super Bowl. You know, it's, it certainly be, could become problematic. But even now, even right now, it's like, you know, you you like the uh, like the office quote. You know what I mean? You love to you, we love to do Andy Ruther quoting Bill Parcells on the yard. What your record is like? They play they play these games where they have have wins because they outscore other teams. Then they play these games where they have wins because they play down and, and score just a, a couple more, but like they're, they're winning games. And I mean, obviously Mahomes yesterday with three picks, but in the end, they're, you know, they're right there. They win games. They've lost to the bills. They've lost to the Bengals. Yeah. I'm going to play a quick call about they've that. lost to the Colts. Yeah. I'm going to play a quick call about them. What's up, boys? Peyton Stoke, Omaha, Nebraska. I think the Broncos are fucking bad. Russ is starting to cook, and we got this. Going to win out the rest of the year, and we're Super Bowl contenders next year. Absolutely not, but I do think the Chiefs are pretty fraudulent. Three picks by Mahomes, allowed 28 points in the second half, or 28 points after going up 27 nothing. I don't think the Chiefs had it this year. I hope I'm right. I hope I didn't just curse the league. But I don't know, man. I think the Chiefs might be a little bit more fraudulent than the apocalyptic, amazing team they are every year. Stay dirty, boys. Condoms are for Mark Davis's haircuts. So here's the thing about the Chiefs, though. They have, I believe, one of the easiest schedules remaining. So they have the same number of losses as the Bills. The Bills still have to play a tougher schedule, including that game in Cincinnati, which will be at January 2nd. The Bengals are one loss behind both of them. Like the, The Chiefs are still, I think, statistically in the best position to get the number one seed, I believe. Right. And I I guess... The phrase fraudulent, it's like it's almost depends on it, it seems like maybe if you're calling the Chiefs fraudulent, you're calling you're comparing them to themselves. Like, I have a feeling the Chiefs will be in the AFC championship game. You're not a fraudulent team if you're in your conference championship game, right? No. I, I believe that's what he means. I think he means compared to previous. It's it's like we always use the analogy, you're always comparing LeBron to LeBron. Right. Which is like not fair for, 
for him or for the Chiefs in this instance. I, you know what? And I know it's week to week because that's how these things are. Personally, I would flip now just based off yesterday and whatever. He had three interceptions. Like it's not his best game. It's also like, I don't, I don't look too far into that personally. I, I, I would now put Jalen Hurts as my number one for MVP if I had to vote today. Okay. And I think Burrow Mahomes are basically tied for a second right now for me. Like Jalen Hurts, I, I and I and I can't believe how well he's playing. Like these are kind of unprecedented numbers at this point that he's doing. You know, twenty-two touchdowns, ten run, so thirty-two, only three picks. I mean, he he's on pace to have if it continues, and who knows, he'll probably sit. But he's on pace to have forty-one hundred passing yards, almost nine hundred rushing yards. Yeah. I mean, let's not forget the the only comparison I would use is Lamar. Lamar Jackson did not the guys. He's never. I don't has Lamar. I don't think Lamar Jackson's ever thrown for four thousand passing yards. My point is, Hertz is legit throwing the ball. You saw it firsthand yesterday against your boys. Yeah. And I and I, I and honestly, I turned it off after he threw a sure pick on the fourth down on the second drive, and for some reason, Julian Love decided forget knocking the ball down, even though it's fourth down, he was going to stand under it. Can of corn, Willie Mays basket catch style. And then it goes for a touchdown. Uh, just nightmare, nightmare play basically ends the game in uh, on the second possession. Just like, Oh, okay. You had, you had them stopped in the first possession of the game. You get an illegal hands to the face. You extend the drive. They get a touchdown on like two plays later. You stop them again. They go for it on fourth down randomly. Throws just an absolute gimme, like easiest ball in the history to knock down, let alone pick off. Why you're trying to pick it off on fourth down, who fucking knows? Touchdown, game over. I went to AZF's birthday party. Yeah. But, I mean, in terms of the MVP race, like we've said before, this is it's a it's a combination of your team's record and how you're applying. True. And however, the Mahomes pass yesterday, the no look like he's white chocolate Jason Williams pass. I mean I've never seen anything like that in a football game. Yeah. He did a no look basketball pass in a football game. I mean, he's done it a few times now. I know, but like that, I don't think he did it like that. Has he? He's he's got a couple, but yeah, that one was pretty good. I don't know, man. It's it's some of these guys are just it's amazing how how good some of these guys are. But you know, the Eagles, I I just I don't know, man. They're slowly winning me over, but again, I still keep saying playoffs. Who knows? Well, here's the thing with this Eagles team. I feel like any other year. Uh, this Eagles team, I'd be like, oh, I can, I see the sneaky team that gets them at this point in There's the no NFC, team. in the NFC. Like Brock Purdy plays well, they kicked the shit out of the Bucks yesterday. At this point in the NFC, I have no faith in literally anybody but the Eagles or the 49ers. And the 49ers are playing with a guy who just made his first NFL start. Like as I said. 
the Cowboys, like Dak again, just multiple shitty picks that that keep the Texans in that game. Obviously, they come out with a win, but you asked me last week, why not the Cowboys? And I said, shitty Dak picks. Dak not playing. Dak has not played like a quarterback that can win three or four consecutive football games without losing to a team he should or shouldn't lose to. Like, he just, like, the combo of Dak and Mike McCarthy, like, I just have no faith in that Cowboys team. The Vikings, I come and go on, here we go. Like, how are you even, how are you even underdogs? And they get their, they get their ass kicked. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do something because we said ride that. Was it five and a half or six and a half that we said to ride hard? I don't remember. Regardless, I'm, I'm going to grab something real quick. Wow. This is for, my, mean, Detro- this I, is for I, my Detroit Lions fans. I just put on the L chain. I'll I'll say this, Andy. I, I I almost think if it was six and a half, I almost think you're pulling it out early. We all you you have a hundred percent confidence that the Lions don't lose out. I'd be shocked if they lost out. I mean, there's even a hundred dollar bet in play I have with Dirtball Boonstra. And now they have to win. A- they have to win nine, so they have to win three of their last four. Right. I don't think that'll happen. There's a chance. Yeah. So I'll they still they still have they still have the Jets, Packers, the Packers Vikings. I think Vikings. No. no, they just play the Vikings. The Bears, maybe. Yeah. Hey, I'll wear the L chain though. I have no problem doing it. They won but six the, out of seven. The the or, I, I mean, guess they've, the, uh, they've gone six and seven now. I guess the question with this Lions team is. No one ever really questioned the talent on the Lions team, right? We we we've been questioning their coach since day one of Hard Knocks, since prior to last year, even. Yeah, you you're still you're still there. What they're six and seven, correct? So all that, and they're six and seven, like. The Giants are my Giants are in an absolute fucking tailspin. They're horrible. They're in the playoffs ahead of the Lions right now. Yeah. Like we, we do have to keep we do have to keep some sort of realistic look no, for at, sure. this, at this Lions team, and, right? And, 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 and look. I feel like just you putting on the L chain, you've I feel like you've joined Lions Reddit right now. You've got your no, L chain, you're I, like, you're like, we're 10 and 7. We probably get a bye. Probably get a buy at this point. Are we this getting is, a buy? This is more me having fun, putting the L chain on, you know, trying to extend an olive branch to our Lions fans. But now I'm going to rip you into a, you know, a new shred like we always do with the news, which just makes me laugh. And I saw, you know, Ian Rappaport tweeted this. That he wrote an article for the NFL.com. Lions do not consider current starter Jared Goff to be a bridge QB. So. Sources say that the Lions believe Goff is their starting quarterback, period. Not just until someone comes along, but he is the future. Campbell said, here's the here's the one consistent is, man, 
Just make the right decisions. Take care of the football. And he's done that. And for five weeks now, he's a big part of the reason we're winning. So that, that does make me laugh, and I will mock the Lions for that because Sean McVay, who we all know is a far better coach than Dan Campbell, got to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff, realized he could not win one, and that's the only objective is to win a Super Bowl, could not win one with Jared Goff, got rid of him, got Matthew Stafford, won one instantly, yet the Lions are saying, he's our guy. Well, You're I on think, crack. I think this is the this is the difference with the Lions and the Rams is I always talk about it being a Super Bowl or bust league. The Lions haven't won a playoff game in 30 years. I actually don't think the Lions are a Super Bowl or bust strategy right now. The Lions, the Lions are, are we going to win nine games? Is it going to happen? We're going to win nine games, aren't we? We're going to go nine late. We're going to have an above 500 season. I can feel it. We're right here. We just got to go three and one in our last stretch. We're going to win nine games. We're going to fucking win nine games. They're like, forget Thanksgiving. Let's forget that we play on Thanksgiving next year. Let's bring the Macy's Thanksgiving parade to Detroit for our nine wins. We're going to win nine. We're going to have an above 500 season. Because that's absolutely the case, you know, like the idea that you go in to any given season. I mean, we have, we have the tape on Jared Goff at this point. Sure. The, the idea that you go into any given season and whoever your team is, truly, whoever your team is, that you're the Chiefs, you're the fucking Bills, you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you're whoever the San Francisco 49ers, whoever you are, this San Francisco 49ers team is winning, is beating the shit out of Tom Brady with Brock Purdy at quarterback. If you go into that season next year, you're the San Francisco 49ers, and somehow that you've ended up with Jared Goff on your roster, you can't be thinking, we have a chance to win the Super Bowl. No, we do have the tape, and, that, and that's my point. He's played long enough. The idea that he would be your guy, we already like we already know. Things aren't going to change. We did get a call from Dan Campbell, though. Great. I love the Dan Campbell call. I do, too. You know, and he's calling the gloat. Again, they're on a hot streak. They, they've won a bunch of games. So Dan Campbell called into the show to gloat about the team. Dirty sports, NFL head coach Dan Campbell. I kept the receipts, man, so I got a few things to go over here on this call, man. Numero uno. Want to start with Lions Reddit. Thanks for keeping the faith. Guys are loyal soldiers, the Lions, the the Lions pride, man. Nobody we need more than you guys, the fans, man. We play our asses off. Both butt cheeks. We got them both, man. Love you, Lions Pride, Lions Nation, Lions fans. Thank you for having my back. Now we're going to move on. The Dirty Spurts host calling me a gym teacher, coaching in the NFL, man. Get the hell out of here. Won six games. We're only a game behind the Giants. Joe Prano singing the Giants' praises all year, and here we are, a game apart in the NFC, man. We're going to be taking your playoff spot, Prano. You don't watch out. I expect a handwritten apology. Address it to 1314 Lions Lane. That's where I live, man, right down the road from Sheila. 
you'll know because there's a big there's a big lion on the chain in the front yard. Man, it's going to be a long call, Andy. I hope you got some time for this call, man. And last but not least, we're keeping on theme for today about the Vikings. Joey from Minnesota, write me a song, motherfucker. Write me a song, Cheddar Dick. I'm just proud of our guys, man. Get fired up. There's a storm coming, man, a big lion storm. It's going to be like Sharknado except with lions, man. Dan Campbell out. Oh, I love it. It's a, it's a good Dan Campbell. I'm not going to I'm not going to lie. It's a good Dan Campbell. Uh, I think it's great. It, it, kudos. I love it. And uh I love that Sharknado analogy but with lions and clown Joey from Minnesota. Dude, you know what's funny? Now that I think about it right now, the Vikings, since those all those those guys all called into gloat, and since they're writing songs, the Vikings have just shit the bed. Yeah, since that Bills game, like they haven't lost all their games, but the point is they've definitely been exposed as the Paper Tigers. We all knew who they were. Yeah, I mean it was again, you know, all we said. On the uh, on the Bills Vikings recap was you needed a one in a million miracle fumble in the end zone and they were like that's right don't give us any credit yeah I mean th- that's the th- that's the thing with the NFC right now I mean if you look around at these teams like I, I don't like. I don't have any faith in this Lions team regardless of what they're doing I don't have any faith in the Vikings team the Giants and the Commanders are going to have a shit off next week to see which one's going to be a playoff team. The Seahawks lose to the Panthers. The The Cowboys get a scare. Dak throws two picks every week. Every week, two terrible picks. Week in and week out. Count on it. Doesn't matter if they're winning. Doesn't matter if they're losing. Doesn't matter if they're playing the best team in football. Doesn't matter if they're playing the worst team in football. He's going to throw two fucking picks. The Niners and the, and the Eagles right now, the only teams at this point, like it, but for most of the season, it was like, oh, man, this is going to be an any given Sunday kind of playoff thing. It's like, no, it's not. Every team is mediocre at best, except for those two squads. Yeah, I agree. I mean, what an ass whooping the Niners had put on. Brady coming back home. I don't know if you saw he was in the stadium at 10 a.m. Walking the field. For a 425 game. 100 people there, just gets his ass kicked. I wonder if he truly regrets returning. For this season? Yeah. I mean... Like, is that a hands-down yes? It's got to be, but the thing is, it's also Tom Brady. Like, you have if you have money to bet right now, you're betting on him playing again next year? Yes. Yeah, me too. Because he's a lunatic. Yeah. I mean, Brock Purdy, he had, a, he had a hell of a game, but it's also, it's like, you almost want that game to happen later, you know? It just later, in the, later in the year? Well, just like, it, it's wild because like, once teams get film on you, now there's a full game of film. But again, I think that this is, any any other season... You you'd be fucking scared of shit right now that you're going, but like, 
the 49ers could walk to the NFC championship game playing defense and running the football. True. And and doing essentially, you know, we talked, we've talked, we just talked about Jared Goff and the Lions, and he's not a bridge QB, but like the Rams went to a Super Bowl with Sean McVay only giving Jared Goff until the helmet shuts off the ability to do anything. And then at that point, once the helmet uh fucking, you know, communication shuts off, this is the player running. Just do it. Only throw it to the open guy. We've seen this before. Yeah. True. And with the quality of football that's being played. I mean, I have them in the NFC championship game. Yeah. I don't know how you couldn't. And, you know, this time of year, it's just obviously you- Debo being hurt is going to be a big question mark. Sure. But McCaffrey's playing great. The defense is playing great. Well, and, and the thing is, you know, when we get to this point of the of the year, you just got to win. Like like that, like like yesterday, like that Bills game, it's so ugly that weather. Like the Bills just like those are ugly, tough games. And the same can be said. I know they didn't win, but like the Jets are, dude. If you have a defense, you're gonna be right there. And they said, and Robert Sala said, Mike White is the guy as far as the rest of this year is concerned. Yeah. I read the quotes. I don't know if you see the quotes. Every single player on that Jets team has his back. Yeah. And and it's it's amazing that the Zach Wilson thing simultaneously like probably ended his well, we know it ended his season. There's no there's no coming back for this, in my opinion, to the Jets. But my point is is like he the the press conference where he didn't basically take accountability for them not being able to score points. It simultaneously killed him, but also elevated Mike White in that now they're like, do they, do they all love Mike White or do they all just love that? He's not Zach Wilson. I agree. I think it's a combo. Yeah. Right. It's, it's like, uh, he, what he did. And now that things, cause right. They, they've, they've lost they're losing games now with the quarterback change, but what he did, I think he really ruined his, like, I don't know how you get back from that. Like when you dig a grave like that and you make such an idiot comment and you lose your teammates, it's one thing about your coach or the general manager or any of those guys, when you lose your teammates, how do you get back from that the next year? You don't. But that's, that's also, I guess, kind of the difference in, you look at this Jets team and the the Lions team. Everybody loves Mike White. They're all playing for him. He's playing pretty well, whatever. If you're the Jets, you're still like, man, we have a question mark at quarterback, right? Sure. Like, We're all in. Yeah. No, that is the difference. That's true. You know, it's it's... Here's the thing, though. If you have a team, again, that can just prevent people from scoring. Dude, look at the Ravens right now. 
they're winning just uh, they've won ugly all year. And they're in a prime position. I, I thought for sure, okay, the Bengals are gonna take this through the Ravens schedule is a joke. And the Bengals isn't. So basically, they play at the end of the year with the Bengals they play, by starting they play week 18, right? They do, but the Bengals started 0 3 in the division. Right. So what's gonna Right now, Baltimore's three and zero in the division. What's going to happen is like any tiebreaker is going to go to Baltimore, right? And the the thought that the Bengals are going to run the table is going to be very hard. They're nine and four right now, and they've won five in a row. Like the thought of them finishing thirteen and four and winning nine straight to end the season, like that's pretty insane. If that happens, they win the division, right? They they need Baltimore to slip up this week. Um, against Cleveland, who Deshaun Watson is just struggling. I mean, he's two years off from football. Yeah. He's back. He's with the Browns of he's all mi- teams. He's mi- like yesterday's game. He's missing wide open. Guy. Like he's not even attempting to throw. Like he's not, he's not seeing the field, which, you know, that'll come with time. But uh, I'll tell you what, man, you know, so they just they just they just find ways to win. They you know they just they just find ways to win. Oh, some, here's Bandy Andy. I, I honestly after the performance last night because you're such a Tua hater, I thought for sure we were going to get the Chargers hoodie today. We we're going to have a Chargers hat. I had a, I, I thought there was a potential chance that you had a, a Justin Herbert wig on today. <laughs> I thought I thought that primetime performance. I thought Bandy Andy was going to be on the Chargers bandy today. No, he's got his tiger glasses. The bandwagoning of the Bron- of the Bengals is strong. I got the uh it's the hot com- this is one of the hottest commodities right now. I thought honestly Cincinnati. yesterday mid game right up until Russ went down with the concussion, I thought for sure we're going to have a let's ride, we're going to have a neon 3 jersey today. I thought there was a chance that you know, you were going to be you were going to have your John Elway veneers on. You were gonna, you know, do the whole Broncos bit. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know what we were getting today. When Russ well, went down, I was like, we're probably not getting Bengal. We're probably not getting Broncos bandy Andy. But last night, I mean, with the Herbert game. Oh, he looked amazing. I thought for sure we were getting Chargers Andy today. We're we still have Bengals Andy today. Well, let me let me stroke let me stroke the Bengals and I'm gonna stroke Herbert right now. We'll stroke them both. So Herbert, we'll start there. Has ended if well, first of all, there was no conversation before, in my opinion, ended this Herbert to a discussion. Now, the Chargers defense, their credit was prepared. They had a great game plan, but still, you can't start three of 17. So that was the worst start of any QB the entire year in the NFL. He looked lost. And it's going to get tougher for Tua. They're at the Bills this week where he's performed terribly in his career. They're looking at potentially three losses in a row. So everybody who was team Tua and you and I were like, let's tap the brakes a little. We were right. I'm just saying. You know, and and Herbert, look, Herbert's the real deal. I still think his coach is a clown. I still think, dude, if you're going to go for it on fourth, have a good play call. But, you know, you never know what you're going to get with them. I was wrong on that game. I thought the 
Dolphins will come ready to play. I was wrong. I did like a little little outro. Venice Beach. Did you see that? Yeah. Did I stop it and rewind it multiple times? I'm like, this is right where I used to live, right there on Pacific Avenue. I zoomed in a little, try to see. Do they have the same restaurants there? <laughs> you zoomed in a little. Just trying to see, you know, who we got. Is that the same homeless guy I remember from living out there? So I, so I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Even though I took the Dolphins, I enjoyed that ass whooping. Validate Herbert. Now the Bengals. You know, here's the thing about Joe Burrow as I wear my glasses, courtesy of my friends at Gold Star. By the way, they say who day on the glasses. These are a hot commodity, just so you know. They're they're being passed out at tailgates. I got sent a few. I think Randy Ruther has some. I believe Jed and Matthew have some. So these Bengal Tiger-themed who day glasses are, are a big thing now. Here's why Joe Burrow is so good. And this is why I don't think he gets enough credit. I really don't. I don't think he gets enough credit. First series, Boyd and Higgins go down. You're without two of your top three receivers. You have Trent Irwin. I don't know if you've seen this guy. He's got long hair. I don't know if he's related to Steve Irwin, but, you know, white dude. You got your punt returner, Trent Taylor. Little, little white slot receiver. You get these guys filling in and they find ways to win. I'm just saying the Browns are a tough team to beat again, like because they have the Bengals number. They find ways to win. This Bengals team is real. I, I might have to put some money down for them to win the Super Bowl. Wow. Look at Bandy Handy pulling out the, the bands to put them on the wizard. How much money did you lose last year on the Bengals just getting to the Super Bowl? Well, here's the now thing. Now you're putting money in. And also, don't you have like a thousand dollars? That's why. That's why winning the Super Bowl. That's why. I got a hedge. If Taylor wins the Super Bowl with Burrow, I lose a thousand dollars. It's time to hedge. I'm ready. Bandy Andy's ready to hedge. Because I think right now, if I put a hundred bucks down, I'll, going into yesterday, they were plus twelve hundred, so I could at least split. I could at least, you know, be even. But Joe, here's the thing about them: their D is legit. They have a quarterback who can win ugly. He can win in a dogfight. He can win in a shootout. He just turned twenty six. I'm just saying, Bengals. It's going to be tough for the Bengals to have a home game. That'll be tough after the first round. So, didn't matter last you, year. No, it didn't. But do you do you have that kind of confidence in them? Do you have that kind of confidence in them winning a game in Buffalo, winning a game in Kansas City, potentially? I guess winning both. That would be tough. That'd be real tough. You're right. It'd be real tough. Basically, it's a tough task. They have to win their last four games, which are not going to be easy. At Tampa Bay, at New England, home against Buffalo, home against the Ravens. Those are all tough games. They got to win them all. I don't think they will. I think they lose at least one time. So, yeah, you're right. Who knows? I don't know. But I, I, as 
as someone who's monitoring his financial situation, at what point do I say, okay, I got to hedge? I got $1,000 in the line here. Well, I mean, listen, you, I think uh, your $1,000 on the line, like you should probably hedge with 100 bucks every season regardless. You're right. You probably should have hedged when they were down, when they were, you know, when they started slow. Oh, and two. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I should have hedged then. And if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, which still, tough odds. Prob- probability wise, they probably won't. Correct. You should probably start by hedging immediately on the on the next season. Yeah, from a financial standpoint. No, you're right. I, I, you know, I, I just, I thought they were going to have a big hangover. And obviously they haven't. So I don't know. It's it's uh it it's crazy to me how well they played. Again, I think they have a great defensive coordinator and they got a great coach calling the plays defensively and making adjustments. I just I just think them and the Bills to me are at this point, I think they're very like they're eerily spitting images of themselves, I think. Teams that can play a variety of ways. But you bring up a great point, and, and I guess I never thought about that. Can they win at Buffalo and at Kansas City? Damn, that would be tough. I don't know. We'll see. I'd like to see the Chargers in the playoffs to go back to them. I'd like to see Herbert in the playoffs. Because so would when, I. I when, mean, I, I, I think... I think I had the, I think I had the Chargers in the Super Bowl in our preseason pick. I at least I think had them. I think I said I don't know if it worked out uh, theoretically for a Chargers Chiefs AFC Championship game. I was like, oh, it probably wouldn't go that way. But yeah, I mean, the, this Chargers team—they're so talented. I mean, you talk about—you get on Zach Taylor a lot. I mean, the, the gap between Zach Taylor and Brandon Staley is gigantic. I agree. Staley's You're like, oh, we can't win. Yes. Like Staley at this point, you look at you look at that roster alone, just based on the roster. The idea that they're a 500 football team is crazy. Well, what do you say to the injury? I mean, they have been decimated this year on both sides of the ball. Okay. That's fine. So have the Giants. Yeah. Giants have a better record than the Chargers right now. You have Brian Dable as the quarterback, of, as the head coach of the Chargers. They're fighting for the AFC West crown with the Chiefs. There's definitely not a 500 team. Yeah. I know. I feel you. Well, the Dirtballs really wanted to weigh in on the uh, Mandy Andy situation, I see. Oh, here we go. So we got some calls regarding my current situation with the Cincinnati Bengals. So I'm, I'm going to play a few calls. We'll get through. Did you, by the way, did you see Tug's uh, World Cup video on, on Instagram? I did. So leaned, into the, leaned into his own, uh, you know, fandom where he roots for everybody. 
And then all I could think of was this could be Andy Ruther on a Sunday, just like takes off the chargers hoodie on underneath is the Rams skank hunt Jersey on underneath. <laughs> that is the Russell Wilson neon Jersey on underneath. That is the gold star chili Bengals Jersey with the patch and the sunglasses. All those jerseys currently hanging in my closet for the record. They're still here. All right. So here's what the Dirtball fam has to say about my fandom. Uh, what's up, Joe and Andy? It's Joey from Minnesota. I just wanted to make a quick couple of points on, I believe it was Grant from Minnesota who called to talk about Andy's Bengal fandom. Uh, first of all, I want to say, I think Greg made a great point, Greg, Grant, whatever, something with a G like Andy, we don't care. Uh, this is like, if, if you found one of your best friends sucking some dude's dick in a closet, like it's all right, dude, we get it. You're gay. But now Andy's (laughs) trying to go back and say, no, I like girls. I like the Rams. That's the metaphor there. Uh, Andy, we'll (sighs) still accept you as the dirtball fam. You can come back to your Bengals. On top of that, I just want to play devil's advocate a little bit. The Vikings and the Bengals are very comparable. If the Vikings had a team that, and an owner that didn't want to try and win, I would probably feel the same fucking way. Now that they're winning, Andy, you're a Cincinnati boy. Just come back, dude. Just be gay for the Bengals. Uh, Condoms are for bandwagoning. Interesting analogy. I think the thing about the, about Bandy Andy is there's really no shame in a lifelong Cincinnati sports fan being turned for the Bengals. As you sit there in your tiger shades being turned for Joe Burrow. Really, the only the only issue is that you chickened out when they were bad. Is that you were you you jumped off a sinking ship? But they weren't even like they just weren't in playoff games, right? Exactly, they weren't even they weren't even they weren't even bad like in in down bad. I mean, obviously, like we've always talked about, you're better off being really bad than you are making it to the playoffs and losing in the first round, because when you were really bad, you get Joe Burrow. But the it's really, it was really the kicking them to the curb and the, and the, like the line in the sand about, I don't like Andy Dalton, but it's not really Andy Dalton. And I don't like Marvin Lewis, but it's really not Marvin Lewis. It's ownership. And until the owner changes, and now you're back. Like, listen, we've had you look at look at what I've gone through as a sports fan. You know, I have teams with terrible ownership in James Dolan, but here I am. You know, fucking still not like the the Nets came to town. I had an opportunity. I was living in Brooklyn. Jay-Z, I had a chance to, and you just go, I've just been through so much. At some point, they have to turn it around. At some point, they have to get the number one pick. Well, I I think for me, 
being so far removed from the city that you have to admit, like it's, I know you, you can say, well, I was so far removed, but I think New York fandom was a little different. Just being so far removed that, you know, makes it easier. Now I do have a call about the ownership. So this is good. You actually segued it perfectly. So somebody called Dirtball Stolze calls to discuss that situation with the ownership and me in the Bengals. All right, one more call. It's Stolze from Cincinnati again. I'm here to defend Ruther. In his defense with the Bengals fandom thing, when he said that he will not be a fan of the team until Mike Brown uh, is no longer the owner, there's a little bit of a stipulation in there because Mike Brown, while he is the owner, Mike Brown isn't doing dick anymore. All he's doing is signing checks. Elizabeth Blackburn is the one running everything. She's the one signing these players. She's the one with all these ruler of the jungle ideas, with all the jerseys and shit like that. Like She's the one that's putting all of these things into motion. So, yes, Mike Brown owns the team, but Mike Brown doesn't run the team. And ever since Elizabeth Blackburn got handed the reins to the franchise, everything has changed. And even as an outsider looking in, I know that people don't see that Mike Brown isn't the one doing it, but – it is a night and day difference. Like it, it's unbelievable. Bengals fans are fucking enjoying this right now. So that's all I had to say. Um, Ruther, I get where you're coming from. I mean, it's hard not to root for Joe Burrow. I mean, that's just really what it boils down to. Stay dirty, boys. So, so here's the thing. I'll say that. Like, I appreciate the defense, but but I also said he still does own the team. So, like at the end of the day, he does. He's 87 years old. And you've done, and you even went out. We, this is not the first call we've had like that. Like, not maybe not as late. And you're like, this in, he still does this. It's just his family. It's just like, it whatever. Is, which it is. This is like Jerry Jones's kids. This is like, here's the thing I'll say, though. Here's the thing I'll say. And in the past, I didn't want to give credit where credit was due. I'll give credit to her. All the things that I hated that they never did, like have a ring of honor she brought in. Like he's saying, ruler of the jungle. It's, you know, every team's got their thing. They got the skull, blow the horn. The Seahawks have the 12th man thing. Everybody's got their thing before the game. The Bengals is ruler of the jungle. And it's like a celebrity every week, whatever. She brought that in. The uniform changes. She brought that in. Their social's good. So she has changed everything. His daughter, who's been with the team forever. But like, I have to own it too. It's still the Brown family. It's his daughter. And it's, look. And, and, and he's right. You know, at the end of the day, like I said, and I said this last episode and I'll say it again, Joe Burrow has been greater than all of this, in my opinion. Now they have great pieces all around, but like he has been greater than the Brown family or the Ruther curse or whatever. Like he, he's been the guy. He's that guy. At the end of the day, he's that guy. I, I, I am now in a phase of my life where I go back, Right. I have, I currently have my father's computer here as we oh, figure here out. Here we go. Here Hold we on. go. Some fucking sob story. About no, it's not going to be a sob story. It's, it's, it's just going to be a nostalgic story. All I'm going to say is this. As I go through and I look, my dad has 35,000 photos on there. As I've looked through things, it's like I, I have forgotten and I go through so many photos and everything I'm wearing, literally sports wise, it's wild. My whole life was either. Reds, Bengals, or Xavier. And it's like, I was so crushed for all those years. And that's what happened. But you know what? I'm wearing the shades now. 
Honestly, I, I, what's what's amazing is that during baseball season, and we know you're not the biggest baseball fan, but I would argue you're not the biggest baseball fan because the Reds have been shit lately, is you were just like, well, that's it. The Reds owners came out and said this. I'm just not going to watch baseball. You weren't suddenly like, hey, the Mariners. Hey, look at this team. Oh, the, the Astros. Look, I like it. Like the, the, I think the hard part is like, yeah, like Stolze said, it's hard not to root for Joe Burrow. Of course it's hard not to root for Joe Burrow. Uh, look at me. I'm a guy who has spent years just destroying Andy Reid, just saying how Alex Smith is never the thing, just shitting on why the Chiefs will never be good. Patrick Mahomes comes in. I'm like, I got Patrick Mahomes for MVP. I got Patrick Mahomes winning the Super Bowl. I got Patrick. It's hard not to root for Patrick Mahomes, too. I agree. But you don't it's- see me wearing a fucking... Chiefs jersey. Well, you also weren't from Kansas City. Right. You know, it's 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 a little different. For the record, you're gonna love this. The fifth grade boys basketball team run-ins with my arch nemesis. First, there was Zach Taylor. We finish our game up on Saturday, and my buddy who I coach with says, Hey, look over there in the stands at the, the court next to us. He goes, It's Phil Castellini. You know, he's the infamous. Where are you gonna go? And he's sitting there, and I think he's trying to hide who he is. Not that he's like a rat, but he's wearing a hat, and it's like, and I thought of that. I was like, you know what? Not that I would do this, but it's like, you almost want to walk over to this guy. He's obviously there to watch his kid play. You almost want to say, dude, what are you thinking? Like, what are you possibly thinking? So for some reason, every fifth grade basketball game now, I'm running into this weird Cincinnati sports. I I don't know who's going to be at our game next week. I don't like, is Andy Dalton going to have like a a, Jared Goff? Jared Goff will be there for some reason. (laughs) I mean, there's, I would say there's a 50, 50 chance. Russell Wilson walks in just on like, because he's concussed to the point where he just stumbles into a wrong city. And then you're going to be like, I don't know whether to hug you, kiss you, yell at you. I don't know how I feel right now. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I'm just look. He's like, like fifth said. grade basketball. Let's die. Fuck. What? Mr. Un. I forget how all this goes. Anybody have a sandwich? Let's not forget. He was born here. Remember? He was, I've told you. I he's, know. He's born know. at the same hospital I was born at. Yep. You know, there, there, there's a connection there. I don't know. But at the like, end of the day. It, 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 it's so, what's so funny about Bandy Andy is one of the quarterbacks, you know, you, we talk a lot about quarterbacks on the show, but one of the one of the quarterbacks that you, I would say even more than me, so like went out of your way to fucking trash over the years. Baker Mayfield with zero days to learn the Rams playbook comes in, leads your Rams team at least as far as I know, they're officially still the team of Andy Ruther. I don't know. Leads your Rams team down the field in fucking a minute and 20 seconds. Glorious. 98 yards. 98-yard drive to win the game. We're not even talking about him. We're well, not even I, talking about him. Well, we can. I had it on the rundown. We can talk about it. Your boy on your team. Your coach. Well, he's not my boy. I know but, the your boy part is sarcastic. Yeah. But, but your team with your coach. 
So I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a uh, honest disclosure here with you and with Dirtball fam. So that was Thursday night, and I said, I said to my girlfriend, I said, look, you know, I watch football all the time. I said. Let's watch a Christmas movie together. And she this is unbelievable. Hold on. Hold on. She even said, she said, Aren't you a rant? Didn't she say, Aren't you a Rams fan? (laughs) She did not say that. She said, But isn't there a football game tonight? I said, Yeah, but it's two teams that are terrible, and I don't really care that much. I said, I said, let's let's watch a football game. Let's let's watch a let's watch. I even said, let's watch a Christmas movie tonight. And uh I checked the score at halftime. Raiders are up 13 to three. And I was like, okay, this is going as planned. Watch, we watched the the new Christmas story. A Christmas story, Christmas. Oh, okay. It's okay. Um, you know, here's you, a hot know. take. I'm not a big Christmas story fan. Okay. Not even in my top. I'm gonna I top ten, there's not a lot of great Christmas movies, like great, legit, but it's definitely not my top five. Wow. Okay. Might not even be my top seven. Might barely crack my top ten. Wow. Okay. Well, we disagree there. But anyway, I watched we watched the movie and then I hop my computer and I'm like, the Rams won, and then I of course I see. Baker Mayfield leaves leads 98 yard, zero timeout game-winning drive didn't even know the playbook couldn't believe it now the baker stands are back we got a call about baker love this love it like baker like enough somebody's calling in the show that's enough you know i mean like the thing is is great drive you love to see it like you know this is a this is a sports movie but he got fucking released by the Panthers. Sam Darnold goes out and wins the game on Sunday. Like, what? What is there to stand here? Yeah. Well, this is you'll hear it. Hey guys, what's up? This is Dirt Walkers here. I was just calling to. Uh talk about the one of your guys' quotes from the last uh, podcast on Monday. How about Baker Mayfield, huh? Talking about if he was going to be the next one out of the league. I think I think he just found him a new life with the Rams. Got a minute 45 to drive 98 yards and he gets it done. Granted, he had a little help from some penalties, but I think he's got it in him. Uh, that's all I wanted to say. Stay dirty, boys. I mean, but what does that mean? What's so funny about Baker Mayfield to me, and it always was funny about Johnny football to me, too. Um, you get these people, you get these fans that like they're they're like, listen, this guy's really fucking good. He's not getting the opportunities, blah, blah. Like, you get these stands. And they just like they they they'll like live and die with this. Now that call was pretty reasonable, but you've seen this with Baker Mayfield through through the years, and we saw with Johnny Football too. You guys who just didn't want to give up on him. Oh, so talented, so good. What the funniest thing to me about that 
is like they tend to be the guys too. They tend to be the fans. And I'm not calling out this fan, this caller again. Um, but they tend to be the fans that like hate that same thing in other people. Right. Yeah. Like they're the, the same people that like Stan Johnny football or Stan Baker Mayfield are like shut up and dribbling. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, he, he said, I think he's got like, what does he got it in him? Like for where is my question? You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 where's his move? I mean, he's not the long-term Rams answer. I don't think. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, what happens if Sean McVay retires? Right. I mean, basically, also, you're you're have, you're looking at a Matthew Stafford retiring to clear a way for Baker Mayfield, right? Like Baker, May, there, there's not a quarterback competition going into next year with Matthew Stafford. No, I agree. So I, I don't I don't know if you look at 32 teams in the NFL, like who needs a quarterback and where does he fit in? Like you just said, he didn't work out in the Panthers. Panthers have won back to back games without him. Now, granted, they're playing. I think I think what what that might do, what that performance might do, and and literally that drive alone might do, is it might be enough for teams to give him a look. We talked about him being out of football before Jameis Winston because Jameis Winston is assigned with the Saints as a backup. He signed with the Saints as a backup. Baker Mayfield, great drive, but like there's still something about him. Is he signing up to go be, you know, Mike White's backup? No. With the potential to play. Is he going to sign, you know, like, I mean, my Giants obviously need a quarterback, but like, I don't think a Brian Dable's going, let's bring in Baker Mayfield to see if it works out. You yeah. know, is he is he showing up in Tampa Bay if a Brady retires? It's like I think you need a a quality coach situation too. It's like Sean McVay probably did more to help Baker Mayfield get ready for that game than the Panthers did his whole season. Sure, that's probably legitimate, but where are you going and getting that sort of situation again? Yeah, exactly. Is he going into a Seattle to back up a Geno Smith to have a quarterback competition with a Geno Smith? Is he showing like is Houston bringing him in and being like, "Fuck it, we're you know, let's see what how Baker compares to Davis Mills." And is Baker showing up to that kind of situation? Well easy to show up to LA, right? Oh, I got to go spend half a season in Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah. Let's do some commercials. This will be good. Maybe. So we had a call about quarterbacks. I've been sitting on a kind of a, a breakdown of salary. It's a good call. We always talk quarterbacks, but listen, like here, the this is kind of a behind the numbers on guys and their rookie deal and what winning QB Super Bowl winning QBs and their money they earn. And it's kind of interesting. 
Hey, what's up, Dirty Sports? Nick Treadwell calling from Spokane, Washington. Uh, this call is in response to uh, an episode you guys had a few episodes ago where Ruther just realized that the quarterback that led the league in passing that year did not also win the Super Bowl. This is a stat to support uh, the uh, bush, the dead bush that Prano loves to beat about overpaying for quarterbacks. doesn't really get you anywhere. I did a deep dive, and did you know that since 2000, 22 Super Bowls ago, the quarterbacks that started the Super Bowl have only been in the top five in the league in salary four times. And those quarterbacks are two and two in those Super Bowls. Eli was top five paid quarterback in both of his wins. Peyton was a top five paid quarterback when he lost to my Seahawks. And Matt Ryan was a top five paid quarterback in his epic collapse to the Patriots. Other than that, since 2000, if you are a top five paid quarterback in the league, you do not even make it to the Super Bowl. Fascinating. Thought you guys would find that stat interesting. Please ignore my earlier calls where I was fucking up those stats and just delete those, please. Don't mock me for them and stay dirty, boys. So, I mean, that's that's a while. So four times in 22 years, top five quarterbacks have played. And it was Eli twice, Matt Ryan. Eli twice, Matt Ryan, and Peyton Manning when they lost to the Seahawks. So I guess Matthew Stafford was not a top five paid quarterback last year. Right. And obviously Burrow's on a rookie deal. Talk about putting it into perspective, highlighting the importance of winning with a guy on a rookie deal. Like that's all the evidence you need. Well, yeah, I mean, there's the rookie deal. And then also, obviously, we have a top, we have Tom Brady. How many Super Bowls was he in where he's doing these team friendly deals or renegotiating the contracts? It's playing the salary cap game, you know, because again, these guys who go out there and demand this much money, it's it hurts the rest of your roster. Yeah. And now, you know, this is obviously look at we have a Patrick Mahomes situation. Patrick Mahomes has not been in the Super Bowl after since he signed his gigantic deal. Is that true? Well, he he I thought he signed it, it that summer and then they went to the Super Bowl. That they went to the Super Bowl. Okay, that could be. Because, I mean, they obviously, it's, it's only a couple of years ago now that the $500 million deal was signed. Yeah. I know, it's crazy. I mean, it's, just, it's like you just got to win. Like, you hear that and then you wonder, you wonder if these guys ever bring that, like when they're trying to negotiate with the QBs. Like a Lamar Jackson situation. And I think even the the Patrick Mahomes deal, I think part of it was the deferments. Well, the I think that first year, if and if I recall correctly, and now I'm having a flashback to some dirt ball screaming in my mentions about he's not even making that much the first year of the deal, to which I replied, Yeah, but you can't sign guys down the road 
when you have $50 million committed to the quarterback down the road, sure. you can't sure he might, he might be on the, he might be on a, an easy money this first year, but how do you sign a receiver for a 10 year deal or a five year deal or whatever? See Tyreek Hill leaving. How do you sign a guy to a long-term extension when you have all that money committed down the road, which yeah. by the way, we'll get into when we talk, uh, baseball if i know you don't have baseball on the rundown but there obviously was some sort of confusion i saw uh on our reddit page some sort of confusion about my complaints about steve cohen last episode people apparently can't listen to what's actually being said nobody including me is shitting on steve cohen for not spending enough money that was literally not the point and if you think that's the point i mean you you just have to expand your mind past black and white conversations. But that's the same thing we talked about that I talked about with Patrick Mahomes. And we'll see, you know, like I think the Chiefs has have a good a chance as anybody to get to the Super Bowl this year in the AFC or in the league. But again, w- what we're talking about is, oh man, their defense isn't that great. It's like, how do you have a quarterback that you're paying the money that you're paying and spread the money out the way that you want to, to have a great defense, to have a great offensive line, to have great weapons. Now, when you look at the elite quarterbacks, and this is what I've said, as long as I've been saying also that you want to win when you're on a rookie deal, elite quarterbacks. Yeah. You don't have the money for the great weapons because you shouldn't need the money for the great weapons. The elite quarterbacks, like you said about Joe Burrow, oh, two of his three top receivers go down. He finds a way to get it done. The, I mean, the joke for years about Bill Belichick, I mean, how many times have we seen the, the Bill Belichick meme, Bill Belichick with binoculars looking at some fifth-round white guy, you know? Think of all the Wes Welkers and the, and the you know, slot fucking receivers uh, the Julian, Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola. Yeah. Tight ends that you never heard of all these guys that through the years, I go, Oh, they're so good. Yeah. They're so good because they're, they don't command elite receiver money because the, the Patriots were still going to play defense and still going to protect Tom Brady and still run the ball. So that's, that's where you get into the financials of this quarterback situation and why it makes it so hard to be, in the Super Bowl with a top five paid quarterback, because how do you do it? I mean, look at this Vikings team. Kirk Cousins, I know he's probably not a top five quarterback anymore in terms of salary, but everybody bonering out for Justin Jefferson. You don't forget, you let a receiver leave for financial purposes because you couldn't pay him. There are some teams that keep a guy like uh, you know, keep an elite receiver. They, I mean, they kept stealing. They made, they made a money decision, and then they replaced him with a younger guy on a rookie deal. At some point, you're going to have to pay him. Yeah. Well, we love talking quarterbacks, and no quarterback discussion is complete without getting a little feedback from the quarterback guru. At least that's how his career has kind of been molded. At least is what people say from John Gruden. This was released last episode. After last episode, you sent me the tweet and I couldn't stop laughing. New things are coming out from the 
report that. So long story short, the Democrats did their oversight as far as like political shit. The Democrats did their own oversight on the Washington football team. Now the Republicans are doing it, which, okay, great taxpayer, great use of taxpayer dollars. Anyway, what came out of this, that's what I want to get to, is that leaked from the Republican report was an email from John Gruden sent on October 5th, 2012. And I quote, Raiders suck. Carson Palmer and other USC pussy. <laughs> Love that quote. Again, he's not coaching the team again at this point, but it's just right. Raiders suck. Carson Palmer and other USC pussy. So yeah, much. You, yeah, so much in there. I mean, first of all, you love to see it because I, I, I was always calling out Carson Palmer, the original uh, Kirk Cousins, as I've said. But then Gruden, just a, another USC pussy. I don't know. Is that a Notre Dame thing? Is that like, what? what's his beef with USC? I don't know. But I love that he took over the team just a few years later. And by the way, I love... I don't know why. I love that Gruden just has. I, I, I also has, just love, like he has no concept that these things could be revealed. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? He like, should be worried about that being revealed to OJ, who's gonna fucking murder him. He'd be like, "Would you? <laughs> hey, Twitter world, just found out John Gruden thinks the Trojans are pussies. Well, let's see what happens when I show up and I cut your head off and I hold your visor in my hand with your hair." Hello, Twitter world. Coming to you from outside John Gruden's home in Las Vegas, Nevada. I know these areas well, <laughs> as I, I spent nine years in prison here. Hello, Twitter world. Coming to you from uh, the, the penitentiary where I did time in Las Vegas for brandishing a gun to get my football cards back. I'm here to uh, check in early for my room after I to let them know I'm going to go murder John Gruden. <laughs> I just love that John I just, Gruden. I just love John Gruden opening his door and hearing, hello, Gruden family. <laughs> OJ here. Back for I, another back for another edition of Gonna Murder You and Your Wife. I love the concept of Gruden sitting down on email and just being like, fucking Raiders fucking suck, man. Fucking US. Like, that's something you sent over text. But yeah. the idea of like you're sending an email, like, Raiders suck, man. Fucking USC pussy. You're not yeah. a fucking grinder, man. Not a grinder. I love John Gruden having zero. Like, I'll be honest, guys. Like, you want to take my head, OJ? Come on in. Come on in and try <laughs> to take my head. I used to coach Richie Incognito, and he was taking heads too. Like there's a whole head thing there. No, but I just love that. Like we've all sent emails that are questionable or we've all sent emails where you're like, Hmm, this could come back to haunt me. Like that would be a perfect one right there. You're like, yeah. do you think this is ever going to get leaked? Although Gruden probably just doesn't care. Yeah. 
I would love to see Carson Palmer's. This is what I'm picturing. Palmer's on the golf course somewhere. Just minding his own business. Damo's brother caddying for him. He's about to tee up on the sixth hole. Somebody's part of his, you know, three or four. Some somebody's looking at their phone. And they're like, dude, you see this shit? And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, uh, Gruden called you a pussy in 2012. And he's like, what? And just completely shanks his shot. <laughs> like, what? They're just minding my own business here in Orange County. Trying to play a little golf. Well, I think, you know, it, it's funny. Damo, uh, our boy Damo, who will, may or may not make it this far into an episode of Dirty Sports because he listens to us as he goes to sleep. He loves to tell me all the time. But I think he did. Uh, I think he told me there was a situation on the golf course once where they were trying to decide who was teeing off first. And I think Carson Palmer was like, uh, anybody else here having a Heisman Trophy? And they were like, no. He's like, okay, I'll tee off first. I believe that's how the story went. Damo will have to. Uh, that's a great story. Damo will have to clarify if that's it. But I just love him them being like getting ready to tee off. And he's just done the whole. He's like, anybody else here have a Heisman Trophy? And out from behind the bushes. Hello, first tee box. OJ here. I, I used to have a Heisman trophy and then they took it away from me because I murdered my wife and a waiter. Anyway, I hate to interrupt, but I just wanted to let you know that Coach Gruden called you a pussy. I'm here to see if you want me to do something about it. Anyway, I'll tee off first since I had the Heisman trophy first. And then I'm going to go ahead and take your eight iron and go kill John Gruden and a waiter. OJ shows up. Gruden's doing one of those quarterback things that he's got on the giant, the giant like Winnebago. Remember, he used to do that. Yeah, he's sitting down with like some future. Like, look at, I love this here. Look at this. What's this? <laughs> what's this play called? You know, we used to call it Spider Two Y. OJ's like, did you ask why? I'll tell you why. You called Carson Palmer a pussy. <laughs> I did just look at OJ's tw- Twitter. He congratulated uh, Caleb Williams. Yeah, he congratulated Williams on his on his Heisman. Uh, now, how's Williams going to fare in the NFL? Another USC pussy. Well, yeah. Also, like, dude, I don't, I don't want you to congratulate. Just stay, just stay away from me, man. I don't, I don't want to be a part of this. How will he fare? Like, I've I've watched a couple of his games. Yeah, I haven't watched. I haven't watched this. I can honestly say, and I was thinking about this because I saw I was scrolling through the guide my TV the other day. And uh, it's a Heisman Trophy ceremony. I said to myself, I have no idea who the finalists are. And I know for a fact I haven't watched one play by any of them. That's where we're at with college football now. Yeah, well, I've watched very little, but uh, I think that George is going to kick Ohio State's ass. And then kick whoever wins the other game's ass, just because the SEC and defense. And good luck. The Ruther curse. The Ruther curse. I think Georgia's just going to kick everybody's ass. That's what I think. Uh, it's always good when we get an OJ reference on the show. Let's. Do you want to just get to some calls? Sure. Because we've had it so many, and I have so many sitting here in the uh, 
in the queue, so to speak. 310-359-8365. That's the hotline. Let's try to get through a few of these. We have sports calls, non-sports calls. I'm going to start with the non-sports call. Now, the okay. first part was for me about my fandom, which we've already addressed, but we'll get to the second part. The second part is a direct question to you. Okay. What's up, guys? Corbin from Colorado here. Uh, got two things today. First thing, can Andy Rooster just admit his fandom of the Bengals? You can't hide it anymore. We all know, and it's okay. You said you are going to leave the team. You did. You said you were going to maybe come back if they got better, and they did. It's okay. But just admit it. You're a Bengals fan. We all know. I might be a little salty. I'm a Chiefs fan. Hell of a game yesterday. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, they were the better team, and they won. My second thing, which I think is a little bit more important today, is uh, addressing Joe Prano's hate for the air fryer. This is um, in relation to a – tweet from Joe Prano maybe a few weeks back saying that, you know, people who use air fryers think they're too good for microwaves, basically saying that air fryers are overrated, and that's just not true. I think Joe Prano has not been introduced to the superior life of having an air fryer, the ultimate reheating device. I'm not sure where Andy lies on this subject. Uh, I'm not sure if he has an air fryer. I'm assuming he does, being, you know, from the Midwest, well, living there at least and having a wife or a girlfriend and uh, having a home. But anyways, it's the most superior reheating device. Pizza, nothing better. Microwave makes it all soggy. The oven takes forever. Air fryer, perfect, perfect combination of the both. Anything you want to reheat is 10 times better than the air fryer. So I just want to hear you guys take some of that. But anyways, stay dirty. Standing hard for the air fryer. I had, I had an air fryer. I once had an air fryer. My former, in my former residence, I had an air fryer. Here's my problem with the air fryer and, and what, uh, what caused the tweet to be sent. It's the standing of the air, air fryer. It's like, what the fuck are we talking about here? This is a device to reheat things. This is what the, the the cult of air fryer at this point. It's so funny. I'm like, what what do you cook it? Well, I reheat pizza. Well, let me tell you something as a guy who worked in a pizza restaurant. The best way to reheat a, a cold slice of pizza is to put it in a pan on the stovetop, cover it and put an ice cube under there with it. That's the best way to reheat. A pizza. You're doing it there. This is why you own an air fryer. To reheat cold pizza. I've seen the million air fryer videos. This is what I make in this air fryer. This is what I make in this air fryer. This is what I make in this. The bottom line is you want to make a fucking a dozen brownies. You're not making them in an air fryer. You know why? That's called a fucking oven. Like you just, it's, they're too goddamn small. And they're not that they're, it's great. Okay. The, as far as, reheating some cold shit. This is your move. Okay. This is why there's a cult. This is why you guys stand. This is why there's 50 million air fryer fucking social media accounts. This is why there's a whole air fryer community. Cause you guys need a place to fucking reheat pizza. Now I've never owned one. And to be honest, I've never used one, but I have noticed as Joe just mentioned, there's a huge community. I've noticed that not just on social media, but just talking to people. 
I, I, I'm thinking off the top of my head, a few people that I know who were like, dude, have you seen this new air fryer? So I've never used one. I was debating getting one recently. This is true. I saw one like $40 off at Costco. And I was like, do I need this? Your tweet said air fryers for people who can't cook yet somehow stink or somehow somehow still think they're too good for microwaves. Yeah. I've seen a million videos of people like, this is what I'm going to make in my air fryer today. I go, you'd be better off making that in your fucking oven. So I keep hearing about this. It's good for chicken wings. That, that's one of the ones that, that pops up that I hear firsthand. Yeah. It's good for I chicken mean, wings. Obvious. First of all, I've never, I would never make chicken wings at home. I, I just wouldn't do it. Really? I would, never, I would never do it. This is not my go-to. I'm not, I'm not the world's biggest wing guy as is. I get a craving for a wing every once in a while. I want to be at a bar watching football, drinking Miller Lite, eating my wings. Also, and again, this is, this is, I kind of, I think what it is, is like, it's the band-aid for people who don't want to go all in on some shit. You're Mr. Chicken Wing, get a deep fryer. That's your, that's your jam. You are going to have people over, you're Mr. Chicken Wing guy. Oh, well, not really. I mean, I like to do them occasionally. So I just pop them in the air fryer. I'll just say this. This is the, 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 the bottom line. It's the. It's like, it's like people going, dude, you don't have a fucking, you don't have a whipper. Like, how do you even make mashed potatoes? You're just like whipping them by hand. It's like, yeah, motherfucker. I'm not standing fucking like kitchen utensils. Oh, what, how are you making smoothies? You don't own a blender. It's like, yeah, I own a blender, but like, calm down. So now I'm curious to try the air fryer. I'll tell you what, here's what, here's all go. I'm going to, I'm going to one final point on this. If there's a fucking kitchen appliance that deserves standing, how about the slow cooker? How about the fucking, you know, you throw your fucking stews, you throw your queso, you throw your pulled pork in the fucking slow cooker. You set it for fucking 12 hours. You leave for work. You come back, you got fucking delicious pulled pork. You got a crazy queso situation. We're going to stand some, stand the slow cooker. The air fryer, the goddamn community of people, the air fryer. Imagine me walking around just fucking talking about toasters all day. But it's a relatively new thing, correct? Am I wrong on that? I feel like not. No, but it's a it's a relatively trendy thing to be about. That's what I'm saying. Like, like I never heard much about this until the last few years. Yeah. I just put into Reddit. I mean, it's one hundred and six thousand strong, the air fryer community. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of people. I'm, that's what I'm telling you. And my point is just relax, guys. It, you're, it's a fucking kitchen utensil. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have as many people as the Lions fans on Reddit, but, you know. Right. It's close. All right. Let's get to another call. What's good, fellas? It's your boy, Millie. Want to just call in and ask, what's y'all's? Worst take ever stated on the podcast. I'll go ahead and share mine. Me and Prano used to go back and forth in the early stages of Dirty Sports, and I 
was pleading to him that Zach Menberger would one day become a good quarterback in the NFL. And he's like 0-10, and, and I'm still like, yeah, you know, he's, he's down, but he's got him right where he wants him. He's going to sooner or later win a game. I don't think he ever won a game. But, uh, yeah, just I'll go ahead and say that if I haven't publicly, publicly uh, apologized. He, uh, he sucked. I was wrong. And uh, that's it, boys. Stay dirty. Well, I think I think I think I believe I said Johnny Manziel would make a Pro Bowl. Yeah, I that believe was early, that was early on. I mean, I mean, I can't think off the top of my head a worse take. I mean, I was too quick on Brandon Ingram. I called him a bust. Yeah, but to me, this is worse. I said Johnny Manziel would make a Pro Bowl. I remember arguing uh, uh, LeBron Kobe with you, and you literally saying Killer Instinct as well, which was. Did I really use killer instinct? I'm pretty sure you used the the phrase killer instinct. Shame on me. Um, but I think I still think Johnny Manziel making a Pro Bowl is worse. I mean, making a pro did he, you know, I'm gonna look it up. Did Johnny Manziel ever even start a full season? No way, right? No, no way. I don't think he's I don't think he started 16 games in the NFL. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, forget in a row. Holy shit. I didn't realize it was this bad. He started eight games in his NFL career. He played, yeah. he played two seasons. Yeah. Played 2014 and 2015. I don't, God, I, it's like I forget it was just two seasons. He's only 30 right now. He just turned 30 last week. By the way, I wanted to go back to I, I, I'll I'm, I'm going to keep trying to rack my brain. I'm sure dirt balls are out there probably screaming about my worst take, which I don't know what it is. Maybe, you know, off the top of my head, off the top of your head. But the thing about uh, a Millie's call is I was always shitting. On, I used to watch a lot of LSU games. I used to have a girlfriend who was a big LSU fan. And so I would watch all their games with her and I hated Les Miles. I was like, man, this Les Miles sucks. He's a terrible coach. But also, my thing about LSU was always, they always had the talent that was right there with all those other teams. But they always had a shitty coach and a shitty quarterback. And I was always like, literally put in anybody who could eventually have an NFL career. And they could probably win a fucking championship. Obviously, we cut to Joe Burrow leading them to their first championship in forever. In since since the championship they won just post Saban, uh, so yeah, I always knew Zach Mettenberger was bad and Les Miles was terrible, um, and that that was back in when I watched the the slightest amount of college football. I don't know what my worst take is though. I'm sure some dirtballs screaming about it. It's probably some Brady take. Trying to think. I mean, the year that Eagles won the Super Bowl. That they, yeah, that they wouldn't win a playoff game with Nick Foles. Sure. Yeah. That, that could be it. Like, but like, no chance. Yeah. Like, you gave that's, him, that's a, that's a fair one. You gave him no chance. Yeah. Okay. This next call, I don't remember what's on this next call, but it's Hall of Fame Dirtball CT. It just says CT coming in hot, is how I described it. I think it might be for me, maybe you too, maybe both. I, I don't know. It just says CT coming in hot. I think it could be. CT might have previewed this for me with a message. He he was up in arms about you la on last Monday's show. 
I called out the Lions Vikings line. And you were like, nah, I like the Lions. And then Thursday, when you went into ball control, bandy Andy mode, as re- in regards to the danger, which bet suddenly you were in agreement with me. Well, Vikings were I should have taken the lines. I would have gotten a point on you. You should have, but you're in ball control mode. Well, I'm not in ball control mode. You can say it all you want. I'm trying let's, to win let's, here. Let's get, let's get the CT call. Uh, CT calling in, probably from Seattle. I find Seattle Kraken fan. Uh, give me guys a call. Uh, three quick things. Uh, gotta call you each out. First of all, uh, this week, listen to both episodes. Uh, Andy, number one, you certainly on the Monday podcast, when Joe brought up the spreads to jump on, said, I am taking the Lions. And then when it comes to actually making the pick Thursday, you claim confusion? Come on. You were so convicted that you were taking the Lions over the Vikings to win on Monday's show. And just two, three days later, teams can't remember that. Dude. And Joe, I mean, we got to respect Andy's, Andy's fandom. We all know fandom's, uh, you know, fluid. He's, he's fandom fluid. It's uh, LGBTQF. The F stands for fandom. <laughs> In uh, 20, you know, 22, we have to respect people's rights to choose whatever fan um, they feel like uh, rooting for at any given time. Um, it's a spectrum, and we just got to respect that. So, um you know, Bandy Andy is an offensive name now in 2022. And then uh, secret conspiracy that Russell Wilson is uh, taking this season to win comeback player of the year next year. CT out. Whoa, coming in hot at the end. I like I like CT essentially uh, labeling you as having trandom. You have you have trans fandom. You just you can identify on any given week, depending on who's playing the best football. That's how you identify as a fan. Hey, like you said, it's 2022. I can do whatever I want. Of course, if Russell Wilson is playing possum, just to come back next year for comeback player of the year, suddenly Bandy Andy's Broncos jersey will be coming out of the closet. Okay, I'm going to propose a Russell Wilson question. Does Russell Wilson throw for more or less than 20 touchdowns next year? I mean that's 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 a low bar, Joe. There's a seven, low bar, yeah. There's 17 games in a season. It's right there. I'm, I'll say under just to just to stay consistent. How do you let's say next year he he goes back to like his old ways? Let's say next year he's good for like four thousand yards, thirty touchdowns, ten picks. They win ten games. I mean, what do we say? This year was just like an anomaly. Yeah, I'm sure, but I mean, basically, I'm, 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 st- I've, I've got my feet firmly planted on the ground. I've basically been saying the whole time, s- system quarterback carried by Carroll, not, not making a team better if they're having to pay him all this money. He needs the running game he needs the defense he needs all the things and now they have mortgage draft picks and giving him a ton of money i my i'm staying firmly planted where i've always been which is a recipe for russ disaster interesting yeah 
I have I have a bet with my brother now. We we always we get in these quarterback discussions too. Who is it? I said. And I think maybe all of them have to make the Hall of Fame, which will be tough, or maybe at least three. Because he he just he wants to argue on like the number situation. So I said that Eli, Matt Ryan. Oh no, this was it. It was it was Eli, Matt Ryan, and Philip Rivers. I said they're all gonna make the Hall of Fame. Because I think I, I I backed out on Russ. I was like, eh, I don't I don't know. It was like a small bet. All three have to make it. And he it's thinks I'm, he thinks I'm crazy. It's tough for all three to make it, but statistically they're all there, obviously. Um, I think that, and again, it's amazing how much everything plays into this stuff. You know, I replied to a tweet the other day. Somebody said, make me understand how like Barry Bonds isn't in the Hall of Fame, but David Ortiz is. And I said, Barry Bonds was mean to the guys who make that decision. So much goes into the Hall of Fame thing, but obviously I think Eli makes it because he's got the numbers and he's got the rings and people love him. And now in a poster, people are just loving him even more. People people probably love Eli more than they've ever loved Eli. So you take you take the love for Eli plus the numbers plus the rings. To me, he's a lock in. Matt Ryan uh, is Matt Ryan the question mark or is it Philip? I think it, I think it's probably Philip more than Ryan, but also it's the both of them. The no rings, then just the numbers. I mean, Matt Ryan's got an MVP. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Matt Ryan was first team All Pro, right? So, so they're saying Matt Ryan was the best quarterback in the league that year. How could you not put Philip Rivers in though, dude? Just on sheer volume. Well, that's what I'm saying, but it's that you have to get all three. The, 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 again, the argument that all these guys are going to do this, I think is bullshit because all these guys are not going to play. Well, I, that's what I've said, but it's, it, you know, there are writers who are just going to be a prisoner of the moment. Oh, every single guy is going to end like Russell Wilson's on pace to pass Matt Ryan and this and that. And it's like, yeah, but Russell won't. He, he won't. won't. He's not going. But, but I'm saying like even these young guys. Like the idea that like, oh, Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, like, dude, they're on pace. You got to do this for like 12 years. years consistently. Plus consistently for 12. You know how hard that is? Bill Rivers is second all time in most consecutive starts at the quarterback position. Second all time. He didn't miss a start for like 14, 15 years. Yeah. I don't know. Call into the show, weigh in 310-359-8365. Follow us on social at the dirty sports. I'm getting some koozies out. I know I requested some reviews. I'm going to get them out guys. It's on my list this week. DM me at Andy Ruther. I'm at Joe Prano on all social media, except for Twitter, where I'm still at Fix Your Life. Got some shows coming up. I talked about a show uh, in Irvine that I'm doing. It's been pushed back a week. That's the 20th. But if you go on my website, uh, JoePrano.com forward slash shows, I'll be in Irvine, and then I'll be in San Diego. 
Uh, then in early January, uh, after I go to the Bills Bengals game in Cincinnati, I'm off to New York for about a week. So keep your eye out for shows if you're a New Yorker. Uh, I've got Las Vegas Comedy Cellar again in January. I've got Wilmington, North Carolina at the Dead Crow in January. And there's a new episode of the Dirty Slides podcast out. Um, there's probably going to have to be another Dirty Slides put out since Andy refuses to put Major League Baseball movements on the rundown at all. Um, we'll probably have to do another one. But for now, there is one up. Just a little clarification. Seems like some people seems like there was a uh, Reddit post uh, that that drew in all the the Joe Prano haters. Uh, but there seems to be some confusion. Seems that Durpals may have taken the Jacob Degrom, Justin Verlander episode as me complaining about Steve Cohen not spending money. That's actually not the complaint at all. Um, shout out to the one Durpal who did quote me on Twitter. Uh, with the phrase that I thought explained it perfectly, which is you can't be George Steinbrenner and Billy Bean. You have to pick a fucking lane. Um, my my MLB hot takes right now, uh, as we've talked about on the most recent episode of the Dirty Slides podcast, Xander Bogarts to the San Diego Padres for 11 years. Everybody's like, how do you give him that number? That's just where we're at in baseball right now. We're over you know, this idea that these contracts are going to be shitty in their last five years, the 13 year Harper contract. We saw it from their owner last year in the playoffs. He said, worth every penny. This is just where we're at now in baseball. You're just going to have to pay guys for four years at the end of their career to be shitty. If you want the first eight or you want the first three or you want the first four or whatever it is. And that was my complaint about uh, Steve Cohen getting a little spooked on a long five-year contract, but then turning around and actually paying somebody more now, uh, which actually contributes to the Steve Cohen tax more than Jacob DeGrom would, then I'll, of course, also following it up by going ahead and giving five-year contract to a Japanese pitcher who literally none of us have ever seen pitch. So this is where the confusion gets in. It's like, you need to pick a lane. Obviously, right now, he's picked the lane of spend all the monies in the world, but... Um, that's uh that's for uh, dirty slides, I guess. So subscribe to that. We'll get you we'll get you some more baseball takes over there. What is the sport baseball that you talk of? I know. Andy's once once the Reds were bad, Bandy Andy's like, I'm not even putting it on the rundown anymore. Well once on. once once Castellini said, Where are you gonna go? Andy said, Not on the dirty sports podcast, that's for sure. We all know I get immersed in this NFL season. Dude, when you have 15 teams to root for, you know how hard it is to keep track? Oh, I know, Andy. I'm just saying. I got, I got a lot on my plate. All right, guys. That's our show. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in. And as always, stay dirty.